Uh, I think the the one thing that I wanted to speak about today, and I got in contact with Melissa because I think me and Melissa have really good conversations about this um, at times, and it was blackness and mental health. Um, and so, yeah, and so that's what we're going to talk about today. And, you know, we're doing this for fun. Um, we didn't even... <laughs> We don't know if this is going to get posted or not. It's <laughs> going is... to get posted. <laughs> okay, okay. But yes, Melissa, t- talk about yourself. Talk about your amazing self a little bit. And then I'll do, I'll do, I'll do me after. Okay. Um, thank you for having me, Musa. <laughs> yes. So as Musa said, my name is Melissa, Melissa Mombi. And I'm from Kenya. And um, I'm in UBC, the University of British Columbia. I'm doing a major in psychology and a minor in gender, race, sexuality, and social justice. Oh, yeah. She does social justice things. I completely forgot. Even better. (laughs) Even better. (laughs) Okay, no, continue. Sorry for interrupting. No worries. And... Yeah, I'm, I'm heading towards my fourth year. Imagine, Musa, we are about to graduate. It's crazy. Yeah, I think I think so. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think so. Uh, I don't know how next year is going to look like, but yes, I believe. I believe. Um, <laughs> yes, continue. Inshallah. <laughs> Inshallah. Um, so, yeah, um, I've been interested in the topic of mental health for a while now. Uh, mostly because of my personal experiences with mental health, especially after coming to Canada and being in Kenya for mm-hmm. 18 years or I think 19 years of my life. So, yeah, and I'm glad I met Musa because we are always talking about it and just coming up with ideas on how to cope with some of the, I don't know, generational trauma we, we've been through and some of the childhood trauma we are also going through and just maybe talk about um our therapy sessions i've been mm-hmm. seeing a therapist and mm-hmm. um i think musa has been seeing one too yes i have wow we're bringing therapists into this <laughs> wow yeah okay okay yes no but we love to see it yes <laughs> yeah basically that's me in a nutshell Okay. Yes. Thank you for that very amazing introduction um to yourself. I guess I'll 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 go. Um yes, so my name is Musa. I am f- originally from Senegal. Um I orig- I originate uh, yes, I originated from <laughs> Senegal but immigrated. That's what I want to say. I said me and my family we immigrated to Canada um when I was 3 years old. Um, and so I've been, I've been living in British Columbia for almost, I've stopped keeping track because who really cares, but, um, I've been living in, in, in BC for more than 14 years now. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a BC baby, um, you know, you know, but I'm not that type of BC baby, if you guys think. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not that type of BC black baby. <laughs> um, um, and what else am I supposed to say? Oh yes, I am a political science major. 
and um, an international relations minor. Um, I'm really interested in anything that has to do about that has to do with blackness, um, especially blackness in the Western context, because you know the black body in the Western context is constantly uncomfortable um, and is constantly subject to so many forms of violence, um, whether that's gendered violence, um, um, violence that is directed um, basically to, to them because of their race, violence directed to the black body because of their sexual orientation, black violence directed to the black body due to the due to their class, all of that. I'm interested in all of that. And especially when we come to the when we come on to the topic of intergenerational trauma and dispersion. Um, and how that then and how that displacement from the continent is both physical and and mental. Um, I'm very interested in that as well. Um, and um, I always try to incorporate that within my studies um, too. And I always try to incorporate that in how I want to move forward with my life and how I want to build my life in the future in a way that is um, that won't that won't put. Um, um, in a way that like basically all the actions that I take as an adult and as maybe as a parent in the future um, won't be at the expense of, um, of the mental health of my children that I do bring into this world. Because honestly, if we really do think about it, I think bring, the idea of bringing black children into this world, especially um, based on like seeing all the things that are happening right now the idea of bringing a black child into this world is very worrisome it is um yeah i just i don't i like i don't i don't need i don't think i don't think my parents were pre are prepared for were prepared to raise black children in the world that we're living in right now and i sure as hell do know that none of us are prepared to raise black children in the world that is to come and so yeah, I think having discussions like this are really important because we really get to unpack um, how scary it is to live in this body that we live in. So yeah, that is me. Wow, um, mashallah, we sad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and so so yeah, we we prepared a couple of um of a couple of topics that we want to discuss in this podcast, and so. I think uh, Melissa came up with five points, uh, five questions that she wanted to discuss. And um, and I also came up with uh, five points that uh, uh, that I think would be interesting to discuss as well. Um, don't know how long this podcast is going to be, but, you know, you know, it's it's a conversation. I wish I had my wine here, but, you know, we live in a Muslim household. Um, <laughs> We live in a Muslim household, so right now we just have water, um, and I have some non-alcoholic uh, champagne. It's really not; it's just fizz, it's just fizzy apple juice. <laughs> so it's 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 bubbling apple juice. I don't know what what the actual name of it is, but yeah. So um, maybe one day <laughs> um, that will be a thing. But that's yeah. But it's okay. We'll get sober me for this. You know, it won't be as fun, but. Uh, let me pull up my Google Doc. <laughs> Who wants to go first? Melissa, you, you want to go first? <laughs> me? <laughs> you go first. What do you mean okay, five so, questions? Wow. So, so if I go first, if I go first, that means that you're going to have to answer the question first. Okay. Okay. 
All right. Okay, so question number one um, for me is why do you think it's so hard to talk about anxiety and depression uh, within our community, um, whether that's with our peers um, or whether that's with our parents or whether that's just on the platforms that me and you have access to back home? Why do you think it's difficult to speak on anxiety and depression in those spaces? Or do you, and do you think it's difficult? Because, you know, it might not be difficult mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. That's a very good question, Musa. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yes, I do think it's difficult, especially mm -hmm. among Black people. And mm -hmm. in my opinion, I guess it's because of the culture we've had and the upbringing we've had. So back home in Kenya, mm -hmm. for the longest time, everyone says depression is a white people thing like everyone says when you're depressed you're too weak and i think mm -hmm. yeah it's so sad but i think we as black people have been made to i don't know we've been made to think or assume that we have to be strong no matter what i think it's because of all that we've yeah. been through and yeah. i guess because of the norm that when you have um, a lot of hardships, they end up like making you stronger and they end up mm -hmm. making you more tenacious and stuff. So we're just expected to be strong regardless. Yeah. And one major thing that we have to be strong with is our emotions. And so it's mm. assumed that if you have anxiety or if you have depression, you're literally... Mm -hmm. You're, le you're letting your emotions take control over you, which should not be the case. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I like that because, um, um, because it's almost as if people think that, like, being able to feel and giving yourself that time to feel is some form of submission. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, and, and I think that maybe, maybe that's where the fear is stemmed from is because as black people, maybe it's because we've been, there's been so many years where we've been forced into submission and this idea of submitting to your feelings and submitting to vulnerability is what is looked down upon. And, you know, this idea of depression is a white people thing. I don't think we should give white people all that credit. <laughs> I don't think we should give white people that credit. I think we don't. We shouldn't give white people that credit. All that, the the the, they shouldn't be the only ones who are able to feel um so deeply, you know. And I think that I think that that's one of the things that I think <clears throat> I think that that's one of the things that I have to speak about too with my parents a lot of the times is that um, they think that this society, um, a lot of people, there's too many people going to. Um, to 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 therapy like um um literally when i tell my parents that you know um like for example if a celebrity on tv had like a like a like a mental mental breakdown had a burnout or something and i'm like i'm explaining to them exactly why they had the burnout and why and what their healing process is and why they're going to therapy my parents always will go to the oh everybody wants to go to therapy like um, everybody here is just sad. And I'm just like, I mean, I mean, that is the case, yeah. you know, that is the case. And I don't think we should just focus on the fact that people are sad. We should also focus on the why people are mm. sad. There is a problem here, you know, there is a problem 
there's a problem in the system. I always, I don't know. I'm always going back. It's the system. It's the system. It but it's is the, the system. It's the system. There's a there's a problem here, and it's and it's very very deep. And it's and if you think that it's deep for, if you think it's deep for um, Canadian citizens, people who've lived here for years, people who were born here, imagine how that is for people who. Um, who weren't born here, people who have like immigrated here. And that's also another question that I have because it's, I would expect my parents also to, um, and I, I, I would expect anyone who has immigrated and has spent the majority of their life like back home in Africa, I would expect them to at least know, um, n- n- like know exactly how serious um um, the issue of depre- depression is here because like they really had to they really had to leave everything back home their friends like some people had to leave their jobs where they were like they were they had like some they had some very very important positions back home and came here and and now like they had kind of had to start from ground zero in a yeah. way and i think that 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 whole starting from ground zero and leaving thing everything behind and completely being displaced physically from your home and coming here where you like you don't know many people and it's, and you have to go through that whole integrating into this new society i think that that also contributes to the idea of you know um like you, like the 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 mental displacement i would i i always i i was always so surprised that my parents were like were never understanding to the point where i wanted them to be understanding mm-hmm. you know yeah you know, um, but then also, but then also, it also goes back to like, um, we have different coping mechanisms, yeah. right? So, um, like, like back home, back home, maybe, maybe the coping me- mechanism isn't therapy, yeah. right? Maybe it isn't therapy, but maybe it's, maybe it's something else, Alcohol. you know? And I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we can get into discussions of like exactly what, because some of them, I, we're getting into some of the other it's <laughs> questions. Okay. I feel I like have. we'll end up answering all the questions just by yeah. discussing, yeah. so we don't necessarily have to like have specific questions. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, yeah, I forgot where I was at, but um, <laughs> but yeah, there's different coping mechanisms, right? Yeah. Um, so for some people, it might be religion, it might be alcohol, Ooh, it might be. Um, ah. Yeah, religion. Yes, Ooh, that's another topic. <laughs> that's, that's another, <laughs> another topic. Oh my goodness! Oh wow! But yeah, so yeah, different coping mechanisms. Um, yeah, I think these are also conversations that are really important to have with parents too, because, um, because like, no matter what, they were really brave to like honestly to, to, yeah they're really brave to be able to come here and you know completely leave everything behind and basically start a new life too you're also extremely brave too because aren't you like the first person in your family yes to, yes so like yes that's so that's you you're my parents <laughs> basically yeah. you're my parents <laughs> So yeah, honestly, kudos to all the international students who are really doing the damn honestly, thing. You know, it's tough. Who are really doing the damn thing. It's it, it really must be tough, but um, but yeah, I think that I think I also put in my point. So I guess you don't have to ask me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> um, there's something I wanted to talk about. Something you mentioned. Yes. Um. Yes. When you said, when you said how our parents. Okay, so how, for example, your parents who moved into this country, you're having like a difficult time having such conversations with them, right? Conversations about yeah. mental health. But then, if because mm-hmm. you com- you said um like technically like your parents ish because I also moved from home by myself. So the question is, yeah. why is there this like barrier? Why is it that I'm putting in so much effort? I'm seeing a therapist. I'm like taking classes to like understand my mental health and then your parents have been here for a while or maybe other like black folks have been here for a while who are older but they still have the same mm-hmm. home mentality does that make sense oh um so um i guess wait just to clarify so exactly um why are why is it that i have to oh okay so why is it that i have to put in all this um, all this effort into fixing things or mending things and healing when basically the, the yeah. what is it, the people? Okay, thank you. Thank you for the cake. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry, my brother's, my brother's telling me there's cake. Tell um, him I say hi. Yeah, dude. Okay, I'll tell him. I'll tell him you said hi. But yeah, so basically you're saying like, um, essentially, why is it that I have to do all this labor um, to to fix things, to heal, to mend things. Why? While the people who um, were really active in the trauma that I experienced are basically still living in the mentality that was harmful to me. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow. Um, do you think, like, do you think it's like? a decision and an, an adamant decision they've made that they don't want to change or you know because oh, does it make yeah. sense because yeah i think yeah okay because your ahead. parents they stayed in senegal for a while right so they already mm-hmm. had some senegalese customs like with them then they came here and they yeah. stayed here for a while too so they've also adapted some yeah. canadian customs and like of course yeah. some of the canadian customs are like okay we know what depression is everyone talks about mental health in america for example no one talks about uh, very few people talk about it back home in africa right so if yeah. they've been here for a while and say for example your dad is a professor so he's he's an elite yeah basically he's <laughs> an mean, elite, yes, he's right? an elite. so he knows okay. all this shit but still, he's very yeah. adamant with his Senegalese customs and he still believes, oh, this wow. is bullshit. Um, Musa, you don't need to see a therapist, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. So is it why, I, I, I think that's a very good point because I had a discussion about this mm-hmm. with them. Um, my dad, my dad and I, I, I really, I really asked, um, I really asked them this question because especially the fact that my dad is in academia. And so in academia, they must be speaking about these things, writing about mm-hmm. these things all the time. Yeah. And students time. every time and so, sending emails. And students too, and sending emails, students always like, I don't know, um, I think... I know one thing that my father has told me is that, um, yes, he's an academic, but um, 
like he still holds the values that he he grew up with they're still very important mm-hmm. to him and so he said that he's learned exactly like um he's learned exactly when it's time to leave things outside of the house basically because he says that yes i teach specific mm-hmm. things um i teach specific things but um but there's also a curriculum that i have to follow mm-hmm. you know um i have a specific curriculum that i have to follow but even if there's something that i don't agree with um but i do feel like students are going to take something out of it um i'm going to teach it and i'm going to let the students make out what they want from that information because it's university um but um just like anyone just like in any a- academic space um like you don't have to take every single piece of information mm. right um and so and like i could understand that um i could understand that and you know but that comes you know i think that sometimes sometimes it's important to take those things with a grain of salt because i also think like this is this is the mentality of this is definitely the mentality of an african mm-hmm. mother <laughs> This is definitely the, the 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 mentality of an African father, which is just like you know, um, okay, outside is telling me this, but this is my house, mm-hmm. okay. So, <laughs> whatever I say goes here, and you know, I respect that, and I think it's, and I think especially what I've like one of the most important things that I've told them was that, um, like definitely I hear you, I understand that, um, but. Um, you have to understand that for me too like there are certain things in this house too that i don't agree with and literally when i leave this house i'm going to leave it in this house and i'm not going to bring it with me um i'm not going to bring it with me anymore because um it's it's harmful to me um and so i think that's where i really found middle ground with that is that you know um um i do have parents um i do have parents who are um who are very who are super in touch with um with with their lives back home as they should be mm-hmm. you know as they definitely should be because that's basically what they've known you know that's basically what they've known and also i think we should also sometimes i think also we sometimes need to cut our parents sometimes just a little bit of slack too because being a parent is is definitely not yeah. easy you know sometimes i see that they like being a it must be must be crazy um there must be some kind of trauma that parents pick up as they <laughs> as they're raising their kids um but passing that on to your kids is definitely not a mood Honest. you know um it really isn't a mood um and you know my my what my parents always tell me is like basically um these are the things that i was taught from my parents um and they seem to work for me and so sorry and so this is this is how i'm raising you guys mm-hmm. you know um and i'm i'm going to let you know is that is that what i'm going to let you know is that i'm not perfect mm-hmm. you know i'm not perfect i make mistakes and i don't um i'm 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 not working from I'm not working from a p- place of resentment. I'm working from a place of of familiarity, you know. 
um, I am working from a place, from a space that I know, yeah. you know? And I think that in some of these cases, you know, when it's really difficult to really um, connect with your parents on things such as mental health, um, I think, I guess that's where I can find peace is knowing that they recognize that they're not, they're not perfect, you know? And, you know, whatever healing process that I do going into the future, I can always keep in my head is that they acknowledge that they're not perfect and, you know, I can move forward and knowing that they weren't perfect, I can try and, you know, improve that in, 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 in the way that I, uh, I will parent if I do have kids in the future. So that's a very difficult, it's a difficult, it's, it's a very difficult question. <laughs> very difficult question. Yeah. Yeah, what about you? Um uh, what about me? <laughs> um <laughs> I guess I know, but like the same the, the same thing, like the same question. Okay. I feel like for me um we would have I guess we have different experiences, right? Because when I asked you the yeah. question, um I was thinking of it in the sense of your parents moving from Africa and coming here and then like I learning stuff from here but then if I would mm-hmm. now talk about my mom for instance she's still back home right so she still has the Kenyan mm-hmm. the African mentality if I may say so like the last mm-hmm. time we had this discussion when for example when I had like a bit um I was having a lot of anxiety she was she, yeah she was like Melissa you need to pray you know, she was just like, yeah, Ooh, so that's where the issue yes. of religion comes in. She was like... Comes in. I didn't... You see, I didn't go into that because that one gets... Deep. <laughs> that one gets deep. That one gets really deep. But yes, continue. Yeah, Let's so she there. was like, yeah, you need to pray. And then, like, when I, I delved deeper into the issue and I was like, okay, mom, some of the triggers of my anxiety are, like, particular people. And then she was like, what do you mean people why would a person have an effect on you that much and i think when she said that i was just in i felt weak (laughs) does that make sense (laughs) no i felt like because i guess it's because we've been through so much and like Mm -hmm. despite of everything we've been through like we've we've come this far right so we've 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 yeah like we've be, we've been victorious about all these things we've been through and so i guess when she said so this one person or this particular person is making you feel this way despite all these other things you've been through it it kind of made me question <laughs> myself you see so that's where the issue of like people back home asking you like how why are you so weak why are you letting your emotions like take control over you so that's how i felt oh that's yeah I, that's also a thing that I've, I've been told because i i mean people in my house tell me i'm very mm-hmm. emotional <laughs> um which is yeah i used yeah I'm, I'm a very emotional person um, and I think many people know, many people in my house know that. Many people outside of this house also know that I'm a very emotional person. Like even you, <laughs> Melissa, you know, during midterm season, <laughs> during midterm season, me and my political science exams, wow, they take me, oh, they take me to hell and back. <laughs> um, but yeah, just in general, I'm just, I get overwhelmed with emotions a lot. And, you know, 
Um, the thing, one, one of the things that I'm always taught is that, I mean, my father has taught me. I think, I think, I think every, every black, every black boy has had that conversation where their father explains to them, like, you need to learn how to control mm, your emotions. Yeah. Don't, let your, don't let your emotions get the best yeah. of you, you know, um, um, which is, I think, I think there's a lot of good that you can take from that, but um, it at some at, at times it can really keep you from really it um, really does up, and like you, you suppress know? all your emotions and then they end up eating you alive mm-hmm. and it's just a whole mm-hmm. other story mm-hmm. and then when it is time when it is time to open up when it is time in in those moments where you really feel um alone or you really feel or, or the depression basically starts to kick in um the go-to is always religion the go-to is is you need to go and pray, like go and pray, go and pray, go and pray, go and pray. Um, and it's like, I don't know. And it's like, who told you that I haven't right. been praying? You know, you know, <laughs> you know, who told you I haven't been praying? You know, it's that whole thing where um, uh, we think that, you know, your me- your mental health is like, um, is is something that has to be dealt with constantly as something that is... I don't even know how to say it. Something that is, I, I don't want to say spiritual because I do think that like healing in general should be spiritual, but I guess it's something they, I guess they think that it's always something that has to be dealt with um, yeah. through prayer all the time. And that, and, and being, and having it being dealt through prayer all the time, all the time, I think it mm-hmm. can be damaging to some to some extent you know um i think prayer is really important i i love prayer is one of those things that it is really so is helpful same. to me it really is extremely helpful but i don't know there there are there comes there comes times where it's like i need to find like I need to find a way in order to do this for myself. Because one of the things is that we forget is like God is there for us, but God is also there for us like um when yeah. we're doing the work yeah. as well, you know? So like yes, we can pray to God, but we also have mm-hmm. to do the work as well. So I think one of the things that I do when I pray is like I, I ask God for guidance in my yeah. healing process. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, I ask God for guidance in my healing process, whatever the healing process is, because, you know, I'm still human and, you know, like my feelings are very, very complex. And I think it's, I think at times it can be, um, it can put you in a really hopeless place if you're, if you're putting all of your sadness and in despair into, into prayer, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that sounds bad, but (laughs) I don't know if that sounds bad, but you know, um, but that's, that's what it is for me. Like, I feel like prayer should be accompanied by something else. Yeah, that's true. I agree. I think prayer should, yeah, I think prayer should be accompanied by, um, by you getting onto that journey to getting, getting onto that journey to your, basically your best self is what I'm feeling. Um, but yeah, I guess I'll ask my next question. Ooh, 30, 30, 30 minutes and we've only done I two questions. I actually wanted Yikes. to ask something in uh, regard to the religion okay. thing. It's a very deep mm-hmm. question. So when you're okay, talking about that, I remember the conversation I had um, with one of my friends and we were talking about Kanye mm-hmm. and how like 
You remember okay. when Kanye was talking about slavery and stuff, and then he came out and he was like, he's bipolar. Oh, yeah. So he was like, he has mental health yeah. issues. And then after a while, mm-hmm. he comes and says, oh, I found the Lord. I'm now, um, I'm now, like I have salvation. And then he starts preaching. You know, he preaches now, right? And then all of <laughs> yes. a sudden, his mental health issues stopped being a conversation. Have you noticed? Yeah. And then, yeah. so like, it just like makes you think of how like religion has like this, we have this, I don't know, manipulative way of hiding things with religion. Like we completely assume that, oh, okay. So now since his, um, right. Because oh, he's wow. found the Lord. Yes. He doesn't have his bipolar thing anymore. He's now like okay, a perfect being. And I guess that's how it still continues. We assume, okay, you have depression, you have anxiety, just pray and then you won't be mm-hmm. anxious anymore. You won't be depressed anymore. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. Um, yeah, I didn't notice that. But you really noticed that, yeah, people have really stopped talking about his mental health issues. Um yeah, I don't know, but I, I don't know because you're a Kanye fan. I, um, you're still a Kanye fan, you know. I have, I I have I have my I know. I have Listen, my opinions, I do, but, you know. I, I have I I don't necessarily I don't like Kanye's opinions and whatever. I really love his mm-hmm. music, Musa. So it's very tough for me to like. Whew. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. If it was R. Kelly, it'd Ooh, be a different thing, but. <laughs> um but yeah no but that's a really uh i think I, I like yes religion is definitely a very is is it's it's always been used to hide yeah. things you know it's always been used to hide things like um yeah especially within families um through religion like um i don't know how to i don't know how to explain it um like religion is one of those things that um that can that that people use to give like to to create a false sense of peace in a family you know like and, and i think and that's another thing that is very very that's another thing especially in the back black community that like and it's so funny because <laughs> religion wow. was yeah. introduced by white people, right? And then the same Ooh. white people yes. are the same people like we are so we like okay, so we took up religion after they introduced it to us, and then now they tell us, oh, you mm-hmm. guys, you need to, uh, you need to dig deeper into your depression and mental health issues. You need to see a therapist. And then now we're turning, like, we're going against what they're saying with what they gave us. Does that make sense? Oh, yes. So then what? So, okay, Melissa, so then what do we do now? I actually don't. (laughs) (laughs) Melissa, what do we do now then? (laughs) No, I don't know. I think, I guess there could also be, like, this idea of, some of the things that white people introduced to us have been very detrimental in like they've been harmful to us you know so there's the fear of um there's a fear of like taking up more things introduced by 
white people if that makes sense so sometimes i look you feel like like this whole idea of uh, mental health not being established back home is us trying to resist ish towards white race because we, we like we've already taken up so much of them and so we're we're sticking to this thing mm-hmm. of oh we have to be strong we have to be strong like that's the only black thing that we have if that makes sense I, i'm just i'm just really mm-hmm. mixing up my words but yeah i feel like sometimes this this kind of resistance is because of fear yes Yes, 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 yes. Um I definitely agree. Um Yeah. Ah, yeah, Melissa, I don't <laughs> even know what to <laughs> I don't even know what to yeah. say. Um I don't know. I think it's one of those things that I guess is I I wonder like what did what did what did my ancestors do to keep themselves in check before Islam yeah. came, you know? Um and because that's another thing that I also talk about with my parents is like, you know, Islam was Uh, once again it wasn't one of those religion, religions that was yeah. for us you know i mean not i'm not going to say for us but it wasn't like um it was mm. something that was brought to us um by the arabs and so i don't know like honestly have your religion believe in as much as you want it but also like i think it's also important to remember that you know um this was something that was brought to us this is something that we did not know um before um and before that we had our ways of life um before that we believed in things that you know we believed in just as much as we do other the religions that yeah. we have now you know there were people before us um yeah there were people before us in, in like in who did not who weren't muslim or who were not christian um but we're still living you know um yeah i mean we want to we won't i don't think we, like I guess we won't romanticize life before life before you know religion because obviously there were probably um other issues before that but then um I think it's recognizing that there was a way of of life yeah, before definitely. that you know uh, uh yes okay so let me go <laughs> to the next question <laughs> how can our understanding of tradition obstruct us from our own healing process mm it's a tough question how can understanding of our tradition i think we've touched base on it ish i think i think we, right? we kind of did too yeah. um yeah i think we have like basically how we talked about yeah. the mentality of like not being weak not showing your emotions and like dealing with your issues and not stressing everyone yeah. else i think also something else i would like to note is back home like everything happens so fast i don't know like like you don't even have time to think does that make sense yeah like yeah. i guess for example if i'll just give a normal scenario back home like say my mom goes to work and then we have school like by the time you have time mm-hmm. to like sit down and talk about your emotions it's never like you're you are constantly in a hurry to achieve so much also so within such a mm, short yes. time also, like there's I, the pressure of achieving yeah. things and so you don't necessarily have a time to just sit back and think about it or <coughs> like breathe you know because i think 
is it is it like it's it's probably it's it's i i know that from what i've heard kenya is like a whole different thing because like kenya has like a hustle culture it's that's yeah. <laughs> that's different <laughs> it's deep you know so yeah i can understand like, that so much and there's also like your extended family involved and there's this idea of oh this person is ahead of me or this person has achieved this mm-hmm. so i have to work as harder to achieve it so you don't even think about your mental health you don't even have time to do that because there's that constant pressure of achieving the best you could possibly achieve yeah mm-hmm. oh, wow so i guess um yeah i guess i guess it like maybe not in this in that sense it's probably it's not tradition but i guess maybe it's like a um a habit you know there's a habit there's something there's a there's a there's, there's a way of life that is um that is make that is making it really difficult to really um um establish a specific time in your day to um to really yeah. take care of yourself yeah. mentally you know um yeah I think for me, though, when it comes to the tradition, I think um, in Senegal we have this um, that we have this saying, and it's um, um, "mun," um, or like somebody's gonna tell you "munyal," and so that basically means like um, hide. I, I think it means hide it, or like you know, um, it's like when you're feeling something um, that is really heavy on you. Um, um, but you know that you know this is not something that you really need to um speak up about because you know you know it might cause some kind of like um confrontation some type of conflict um and so you should basically just hide it keep it for yourself you know um and that's that is that is it's that sad. is horrible <laughs> that is horrible i think it's horrible um and so basically you'll you'll go into families where basically everybody has just been um <laughs> has just been doing that, that has just been doing that you know every day moon every day moon um and so how much right? moon can you do you know how much moon can you do like um i'm probably pronouncing it wrong like the senegalese people are going to drag me for that if they listen but anyways but yeah and so there's just people people that I will just uh, that will be in the family that are just constantly having to um deal with trauma on their own never having to speak about it and so um not being able to express the pain that you're going through not being able to express um the hurt that has been inflicted on you by others um is is basically something that can probably that is that I think um, can really obstruct us from our healing process. And I i don't know. I, I feel like maybe Kenya probably has something similar yeah. to that as well. Um, but yeah. Um, what's your next question, Melissa? I think I'll do it. Um, one of the questions you had. And it was the issue of like how sex fits into the narrative of mental health. And mm-hmm. like, like how you talked about Ooh. it was we could think of sex in a broad way the actual act of sex or even yeah. just yeah Ooh, we're gonna talk about let's talk <laughs> about sex baby let's talk about you and me let's do it Ooh, sex wow i have many things <laughs> to say. yeah so basically that and also just 
how you identify like the sex you identify with and how that okay. and the differences in terms of how mental health is catered for and what steps mm-hmm. we should take yeah mhm 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 okay so i think um yeah i can't i can't speak for <laughs> black women um i'm I'm going to let you do that because that's a that's a heavy one. Um but I think especially in the types of household that many uh, African individuals have grown up in is like there's that division of tasks I guess of what exactly a man is supposed to do and what uh what a woman is supposed to do. I I've, I've heard of actually um, many like lately many African families that are getting a little bit more progressive, but I think there's always going to be that, that kind of balance that they want to keep. And, you know, I think at times, I, I think at times it can really, I don't know, it can limit people to the way that they can express yeah. themselves, you know? You know? Um, um, for example, like, you'll always hear that, um, in the household um in i know in senegal in the households it's usually the woman who's supposed to be the one who is quiet who's supposed to be the one who is um always um catering to her husband um taking care of the kids going to the market um doing all the household chores the cleaning and everything and um and then the man is the one who's supposed to go out get the bread and um and <laughs> buy bread <laughs> I mean the the money um is the one supposed to get the money and is basically the head of the house. Um I never understood that. I always wondered like why why can't there be two heads of houses? Like are, isn't like a isn't it like a like cause y'all are y'all are co-parenting while being married, you know, you guys have um access to the same household and everything. So I think it was always interesting to to know exactly why the man was like the one who is the end all be all in all the, 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 the decision-making and, um, and to that, and you see, men are the ones who really contribute to that, um, to that narrative. And that narrative, right, is patriarchy. And you know what patriarchy doesn't like? Vulnerable, vulnerability. Patriarchy doesn't like that, and um, and then um, and so it's like, and so then that's where the whole mental health thing comes into play because um, it does not patriarchy does not give men the room to um to be vulnerable, and men also we don't realize that we are the ones who built that system, mm. you know, um. And yeah, and I think that that's, 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 I think that's one of the ways that, um, that sex plays mostly gender, guys. So I hope I don't get dragged for this because I know, I know sex and gender is different things. But in this case, um, uh, we are talking about cis, um, cis heterosexual men. Um, 
cis heterosexual men. Yes, I think that's what it. Yes, I think that's it. Is am I right, <laughs> <laughs> Melissa? Yes, I think it's cis cis heterosexual. Yes, the men who identify with um the the, the yeah, sex that, that they were yeah. born with. Okay, yes. So, so that's who that's who I'm referring to in this. Um, but yeah. So, I guess I'll let you speak about um maybe um exactly what like how that how that a patriarchal system affects the yep. mental health of black women so like you um, said yeah. um so when you met when the men are not allowed to be vulnerable then all the vulnerability is expected from the women and mm-hmm. so the woman has to carry the the emotions of the man too and i guess where this comes in is <laughs> where the woman is carrying the emotional baggage of the black man and the, and then mm-hmm. the woman ends up being the therapist to the black man and that's why we're having like, so many toxic relationships where the women are just mm-hmm. like i'm so tired of always trying to fix him blah 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 um like he never opens up blah 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 like we are constantly mm-hmm. trying to understand people who don't even understand themselves. Yeah. Oh wow. It's Drag true. us. Drag us. <laughs> you know, and then I think <laughs> something else that really resonates is someone once told me, I don't know if it's you, and we were yeah, we were talking about <laughs> how we basically see therapists because of all the people who don't see therapists, like the people who are around us. Like since they're not seeing therapists, we're mm-hmm. seeing therapists on their behalf. Because when you think about it, most of the <laughs> shit we tell therapists about involves the people around us. This one is doing this. This yeah. one is doing that. And if these people saw therapists themselves and dealt with the issues, then maybe we wouldn't have so many issues to deal with. And so I guess for the black woman, it's even tougher because she's dealing with like the black man who has like there's a lot of toxic masculinity involved and the man is expected to be hypersexual and the man like there's so many expectations oh. from the black man and mm-hmm. so all this ends mm-hmm. up affecting the black woman and i guess it's also different um um it's different for black women in africa and black women here like for example mm-hmm. some of the conversations i hear hear a lot are like um oh the black mm-hmm. man is having a lot of like trauma blah 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 and then also the issue of like mm-hmm. black men being incarcerated and being killed and all that mm-hmm. like back home we don't mm-hmm. necessarily deal with that you know black, back home like yeah. when i was in kenya mm-hmm. i didn't even i didn't even know about this issue of incarceration being such a like major deal you know yeah. and the issue of racism mm-hmm. we don't have that because everyone is predominantly black but so when you come here there's so many other issues involved and yes. then it just becomes like yes. this huge emotional baggage that you have to deal yes. with yes and the black man mm-hmm. is not necessarily doing anything about it so the black woman is the one who's like carrying the cross you know 
and she's expected to be strong. This yeah. this this scope of the strong black woman. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think um, I think I I saw something the other day, and it was just like um, it was a post. I think it was on on um, on Twitter. Um, this whole this whole also black men i i realized they do it like those there'll, there'll be so many black men who are out here Ooh. dating white women right and then they'll be they'll be they'll be on the on the internet completely like um i mean like gassing uh-huh. up black women um saying oh beautiful black queen oh, um but where's your black queen though you know so um and like I don't know it's it's and like that whole idea and and I don't and they think that they think that doing putting that post up about you know about this black woman that you know is somehow making you um it is somehow gonna make you some type of some type of like (sighs) some type of Malcolm X kind of dude like no 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 um like and they and they I don't know. They make black women seem like these, these, um, these, com- these perfect beings that are just above everything. They're perfect. They cannot make mistakes. Da, da, da. And it's just like, actually, you're actually yeah. missing the point. You know, you're missing the point. The point isn't the p- black women are asking you to like kneel down, you know, like at their feet, kiss their feet. Um, Black women are asking you to recognize them as human, you know? Um, They don't, like, when you are dating this white girl, um, Black women are asking you not to ignore them in the street if they're waving at you and saying hi, you know? That, like, um, basically, Black women are asking you just because you're dating a white man does not make you better than me, you know? Like, just because you're dating a white woman does not mean that you are having Mm. more sex than me, Okay. You know, it's 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 all of that, and you know, I really respect that because, um, like like these men out, these black men out here who are dating, like uh, these white women, they really do think that they're just better, and it's just like no, th- that's not the case. Um, I saw this post where it said like um this black woman was um explaining like the world needs to give um basically black women the room to breathe and the black the room to 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 make mistakes. Yeah. You know, they're not perfect. You know, they're not perfect. Um, but they're asking. I'm asking you to see me. I'm so. I'm asking you to see yeah. me in my imperfection. You know, and respect that. You know, um, and that's and that's the vibe. Honestly. I vibe with that. Tell them, please. Tell I vibe them. with that. Yeah. You know. Um. Also, if we want to get into like the actual <laughs> act of sex. <laughs> um. Because I've heard, because I've heard this, I've heard this from so many people. Um, um, it's like the whole this whole idea of pleasure uh-huh. during sex. You know, um, I think I think that um, I've I feel like a lot of women in general have like this complicated relationship with pleasure in during sex, and I know that even back home, um, there are some cultures. Um, ethnic groups where women will be um, 
um, like it's looked down upon for women to um, to have pleasure during sex and it can get into a whole discussion of you know female genital mutilation but I don't need to get into that because yikes but um, I guess my question to you would also be like um, as a black woman um, um, knowing that you know back home there are places that you know um, basically center sex on the pleasure of the man mm -hmm. rather than the woman. Um, how do you think that that can really affect um, the, um, the mental health of Black women, African women? Because I think also sex is such an important part of, you know, of people's lives because, you know, um, for some people, sex is also is like a release. Sometimes, sex for people is something that is deeply intimate and something that you know um, really allows them to. Um, it really allows them to um, to get to get connected <laughs> with themselves, you know. So, yeah. um, I don't know. Like that's. I guess okay, that's my I guess question. Say one thing that plays a huge role is obviously patriarchy because patriarchy just serves mm -hmm. men like in all aspects sex yeah. like basically mm -hmm. everything and so for the longest time we've um like even in the classes of multiple sex classes i've taken lol um one thing that always stands out is from time immemorial from like the oldest psychologists that have been, they always like, mm -hmm. they always focused on the man and how the man should receive pleasure. Mm -hmm. And then there was this whole idea of how um, the woman is not meant to receive pleasure. The woman is only supposed to like give it. And the woman is not um, into sex as much as a man, which is not true actually. It's the other oh. way around. <laughs> and so, yeah, so it's just been all this, all this, all these ideas have just been, um, how do I say it? They've been minced with mm -hmm. the prospect of patriarchy, you know? And so women mm -hmm. have continued to be stepped on and to, like to be made as if they're not supposed to have any kind of pleasure. And so when it comes to like mm -hmm. mental health, one thing I've realized is, for example, women do love, like so many women love sex, but they, they rarely get to talk mm -hmm. about it because once you start talking about it mm -hmm. or once you start appreciating your body, there's this whole um, mm -hmm. slut shaming culture that comes in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is so interesting because this woman who you're calling sluts or hoes, you're still like you, you're having sex with them. So doesn't that make you a whore too? Oh, or like there's people who are not like um yeah. there's people who don't support sex work, for example. Watching porn is yeah. basically supporting sex work. So yeah. wow, yes. Tell them. I think I think this also gets into the a discussion of how um, patriarchy loves to control who gets to who gets yeah. to feel pleasure, you know, 
um and and that goes into like that not goes that not only goes into like um um into like only women but it extends into like queer queer form, forms of ex- experiencing yeah. um pleasure because um in many cases um the majority of the cases patriarchy is basically um is very yeah, is quite true. anti-queer <laughs> it's, it's very anti-queer and um and being anti-queer is basically um completely disagreeing with the idea that um people um can't um find other forms of love outside of a cis heterosexual mm. um relationship um you know if i said that right guys if i said that wrong please let me know i don't come here to be right but, <laughs> you know i think i said that <laughs> correct um but yes um and so i think that that's really important because also we really should never forget all the queer um queer folks in in africa who are denied the right to feel pleasure um those who are denied the right to feel love you know and that's one of the most important things especially in this world if in this fucked up world corona all that um um police brutality you know um indigenous people going missing all the time and you want to you don't want to let people find love that's crazy to me that is crazy to me and i think it's i think it's i think it's such an important important um thing to really discuss about how um how pleasure is catered to only cis heterosexual men it really is (laughs) it really is um um and yes um, I guess what was the next question? Do you was it my is it my turn? We really talked about the sex the sex one. I think I think now it's basically um, um yeah steps moving forward. I think yeah. Given the current circumstances we're in, what does peace look like moving forward? To um, you? peace to me entails being reflective having mm-hmm. time to yourself and i think this corona thing has just forced us to be reflective <laughs> yeah in a, in a timeout <laughs> and i guess it's what we out. needed because like a lot of people have discovered things they never knew about themselves about their relationships and i think that's part of being human like we're always constantly learning and I think with all that's going on, mm-hmm. we tend to forget that we also burn out and we just need to like take a breather and bre- we just mm-hmm. need to like reflect on how far we've come and what we what we want to achieve. And yeah, we just can't constantly, you just can't constantly keep on running with no end goal. And like, it also doesn't make sense mm-hmm. if you have an injury during your marathon. Why would you continue running with like mm-hmm. an injured leg that's like bleeding out? And obviously, you won't make it to the end. Instead of like taking some time yes. to like take care of that injury to ensure you finish the marathon well enough, you know, we focus so much on our physical mm-hmm. health, but it's all useless because our mental health. Mm-hmm. It's actually so 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 important. 
like you can't you can't like you can't focus <laughs> in the gym if you're just constantly sad or constantly crying you know you need to like your your mind yeah. your state up there has to be like okay for you to like manifest good things out here Mm-hmm. yeah and i think one of the things that i've also learned is that the healing process is not yeah. supposed to be like pretty <laughs> like yeah. healing in general is just very messy um but um it is. It, it's worth it right um yeah it really is worth it and i think also if uh, yeah i guess i'll talk about my therapy experience um I think, and I think I told you, I told you mm-hmm. about what my therapist told me uh, when we when we had the discussion. She she gave me the the whole garden analogy. I love it. I love wow. it. It still makes me cry to this day. Uh, yeah, no, because it was so it it was so nice because she was explaining that as children, um, basically, um, were um, if you when when we when we did something that our parents did not like or just did not basically want to see happen um they completely corrected us and whichever way they corrected us um sometimes it could have been very traumatic and that's what we remember so it's almost like every time you did something your parents would cut a piece of this is not like i don't mean to make this gore <laughs> gory or go- turn this into like a very a violent, violent <laughs> podcast, but like you just imagine without blood. Um, <laughs> like every time you did something wrong, your parents would cut off a piece of your arm, and every time you did another one, you cut off another piece of your arm, and sometimes whenever you did, uh, you they would cut off another piece of your arm. Um, eventually, you won't have an arm, <laughs> um, and there are definitely things that you know that are definitely worth you know unlearning from your like your parents are really there to to really not like teach you how to um how to be in this world um but some of the things that they um that they teach you or that they um told you to leave behind um some of them could have also really been helpful to your growth um today um but because sometimes they weren't raised in a way that um that you wished they were um they basically cut that part off of you um, and so that's why so many people in their 20s now today are spending a lot of time trying to find those missing pieces well, of their deep. arms. You know, they're trying to completely, they're trying to piece everything back together. They're trying to be able to basically feel their hand again, you know. And so, um, and so another analogy she also used was, um, this is the one that made me cry. It's the garden one. And it's the, um, she said that like when they take those things away from you, um, um, they, it's almost as if they teach you how to, um, um, in a way they, they, they take a very, they take a, they take a part of yourself, you know, they, they make you leave a part of yourself you know, that may have not necessarily been bad, um, but like they made you leave it. Um, and so, um, and that part of yourself is the garden. And so, you know, if you want to have a beautiful garden, you have to water it. Um, but basically sometimes your parents can take you out of the garden that you wanted um, and put you in another garden that they thought was the best fit for you. And so now 
the garden that was made that was meant for you is rotting and is dying and you're watering another person's garden you know and so again most people in their 20s are here um doing their best to um to save that garden Mm. that they were told to leave you know and so and i think that that's one of the things that are really important to that we need to remember moving forward is um knowing exactly how to go back to that garden um um going back to those things that maybe we feel um were really important parts of us or really let us um um express ourselves be ourselves um um go i don't know yeah i don't know you know i think i'm still trying to process exactly what she meant by that but i think it was very powerful um and yeah, um, especially the current state of the world right now, you know, police brutality is really bad right now. Corona is really bad. Um, rest in peace to um, all the Black lives that are continuously being lost um, uh, in our world today. It's absolutely horrible. I've been trying to like keep my posting to a limit because I don't want to really post that much because I'm so tired of like getting messages from people who have absolutely no idea what Blackness is other than... Um, um, cornrows and rap um and so yeah and so I've just I've I've stopped posting about that but it's really it's another thing I wish we had the time to speak about is how um the black body has such an such a close relationship to death and it's it's so crazy and like I read this whole academic article on how the black body is just basically married to death and it's it's crazy um but yes i think one of those things moving forward is really learning exactly how to um how to tap into ourselves again um we have to be able to heal without Mm -hmm. getting the permission from others um to heal and yeah um i guess uh, whatever you have to say to close um (laughs) i guess you 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 summed up (laughs) almost everything um basically Mm -hmm. i'll just encourage people to take care of their mental health as we've been saying and to Mm -hmm. find Mm -hmm. healthy ways to cope with the mental health issues we go through there's one thing my therapist once told me Mm -hmm. and i have never forgotten it it was like during my um during my first sessions and I was you remember those times Musa when I was smoking weed like a lot <laughs> so I told oh my her, god I told her yes. and then she was like so why why are you deciding to self-medicate yourself um with weed something that will just give you temporary like it will just help you temporarily and it might also have like die effects on you so why are you choosing to self-medicate yourself in that Mm -hmm. manner rather than using a healthy way Mm -hmm. and that really hit me hard and i was just like wow like you're right like even after smoking that with yes for a couple of hours i won't think about the issues that i'm thinking about and then i'll just go back to it and then i'll start smoking again and it's just a cycle and we Mm -hmm. don't we are not working towards being in a circle like just doing the same thing over and over again we're working towards being the best versions of ourselves Mm -hmm. 
we're working towards defeating some of defeating the intergenerational trauma that we've been through mm-hmm. and also intergenerational wisdom exists yeah. guys and we all have it you know was one of those other things about tapping into yourself tap into your intergenerational wisdom guys do that yeah continue <laughs> yeah. Melissa. sorry I just and we're to, also working towards ensuring <laughs> our future kids inshallah for those who want kids or whatever like relationships you have mm-hmm. that you won't end up like affecting people and making them see therapists on your behalf you know we're not it's 2020 guys we're not going to we're not going to deal with your emotional issues for you everyone deal with your period stop it yeah we all care it out we we came into this world alone and we'll die alone i wouldn't be sharing my my coffin with anyone (laughs) yeah so we need to like we need to stop putting up so many like burdens on people and these are things we can deal with ourselves yeah mm-hmm. yeah wow, wow we've actually spoken for like yeah. almost more than an hour 